This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It might have just been the end of the January transfer window. But that doesn't stop Arsenal from being linked to some brand new players. Not only that, but there's potential exits to be discussed. And the biggest story of all revolves around a colour that we'd rather not associate with Arsenal. But it might intend to become a new card for referees to use, I'm assuming, completely the wrong way as they do with the other two. This is the Arsenal News Show. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal News Show. Joining you every morning at 8am UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you as always for joining me and making this a part of your morning routines. It is very much appreciated. I hope you've had a fantastic week. You've made it to Friday and thank goodness it is Friday. Uh, Arsenal, of course, not in place until Sunday where they will take on West Ham at the London Stadium. So we'll have a couple more morning shows before Arsenal play their next game but there is Premier League action to discuss tomorrow ahead of the weekend and of course there's plenty of still transfer news to discuss as well today stories that uh <laughs> it just shows you how quickly these things can happen and also this is episode number 400 of our new shows of course we've got the transfer show which we've already done over 400 shows of but it means that we've definitely done over 800 morning shows of course it's not been a smooth, uninterrupted run. There's been times we've not been able to do them. But uh, to be honest, I assume there's probably... It, it's probably below 20, the number of days we've probably missed in that 800-plus run. Um, so thank you to everyone that's continued to tune in. I wonder if any of you listening were here for episode one uh, of our first ever 8 a.m. edition of the show. Of course, we are looking to try and do 1K every day in terms of likes and yesterday we did that again so if you've not already dropped a like on the video please help us on our way to 1k every day we're trying to do that as our target to the best of our ability so it takes you just a second and it really does help out the channel so please do indeed drop a like on the video right let's say good morning to those joining us in the chat box good morning to matt g who of course i think i'd be willing to bet maybe has been here since episode one steve stone to rich kaiser glenn blackshine uh, ismail z wilson brad amira 
Damien, Stevie, Rich, Adagoke, uh, Paul. We've got Angela and Morgie and Louie and Martin and Pam. Uh, Guna Jake, Barry, Stephen, Rowan, uh, Louie, Angela, uh, Paul, and plenty more of you guys and girls as well. Thank you. Uh, so everybody indeed can uh, tune in and uh, enjoy the TGT family. Do subscribe as our target this year for 2024 is to try and reach the Emirates Stadium capacity, which I think is just over 60,000. It's like it's not exactly 60,000. Obviously, we say 60,000, but it's not exactly. That is 60,704 is what it is. So that is our target uh, this year. So let's see if we can reach it with your help. Right, let's jump into today's story, shall we? We start with a big congratulations to Gabriel Magalhaes, who has won the Arsenal Player of the Month award for January. He's had an absolutely fantastic start to 2024 and been a key player in Arsenal's return to the title race. He was big and powerful and, yes, responsible for the own goal and uh, the game against Liverpool. But outside of something which he had absolutely no control over, he was fantastic. He scored the first two goals, as we know, against Crystal Palace when Arsenal really desperately needed a victory and to respond against the disappointing start to the year with that FA Cup defeat. But Gabriel deserves this award, deserves this accolade because he has been utterly and brilliantly fantastic for Arsenal. So without a doubt, Gabriel Magalhaes deservedly winning the January Player of the Month awards. Moving to another Arsenal defender, Jakub Kivio. Uh, Simon Collings of the Evening Standard reporting yesterday that Jakub Kivio remains linked with a number of Italian sides, including AC Milan. Uh, the player was linked, of course, to a move to Serie A in Italy. And of course, that is where Arsenal signed him from just over a year ago last year in January. Uh, it would make sense for Arsenal maybe to sell the player if they got a profit on his price tag. Otherwise, I don't really see the benefit of letting him go. Of course, if Arsenal can make profit on some of their players that aren't guaranteed starters, that is the way in which Arsenal ultimately needs to move in the direction of you know, improving their, their selling record and their reputation from a sales perspective. But otherwise, Kivior's got a lot of talent. He's still got a lot of uh, development still to improve. And uh, I, I certainly think that he can become a really key part of Mikel Arteta's squad. Uh, he's obviously moved to a country where the language has been something of a struggle at the start, but he's certainly acclimatising to life and culture here in England. And I think that he has got a future at Arsenal if indeed we don't receive a bid that isn't significantly higher than the around £20 million that we paid for him just over a year ago. So much more to come from Jakob Kivior. It doesn't really make sense for Arsenal to sell him unless it's for a serious profit. Now, our headline transfer story of the day comes from John Cross, who reported a number of stories in his article for the Mirror yesterday, including that Arsenal are keen to bring in a winger, and they've been linked with the likes of Pedro Neto, but they also want to bring in a defender and a forward and a midfielder. But the name that was rather new to this discussion and the suggestions are that Arsenal are scouting athletic clubs Nico Williams. Uh, Nico Williams, a Spanish international and a player that I've talked about on the channel before, a player that I like a lot. He can play on either side of the wide areas and still at the very young age of 21 has got lots of potential. Not only that, but his market value is also very accessible because despite the fact that he signed a brand new contract in December of last year, the release clause of 50 million euros, which is about 43-ish million pounds, has not been changed. So he still has that 50 million euro um, release clause. This season, he's got five goals and 10 assists, 15 goal contributions at 21 years of age in 24 appearances for 
uh, Athletic Club and, of course, has been away um, and has been uh, inducted into the Spanish national side. He's made 11 appearances for Spain's senior team, scoring two goals. Uh, and he's definitely, you know, he's a starter. He's one of the key starters in as one of the youngest stars in La Liga at the moment. I think it would be a really interesting piece of business um, for Arsenal to complete. And I think that he would represent a really good option to back up Bakayo Saka on the right-hand side. Uh, even though he is right-footed, he's not left-footed, but he's a right-footed player. And he plays more so on the left. I think actually he could be a really good option for the right flank if we ever wanted him to play there. Uh, he's been a fantastic option for Athletic Club. And he came through uh, their youth academy, previously being Osasuna as well before that. And he is the brother of Iñaki Williams, of course, as well, the Ghanaian international uh, who also plays for Athletic Club too. But, of course, Pedro Neto is another player that's been linked to Arsenal in those wide areas. For me, if I had the choice between the two, of course, Pedro Neto, I think, would be my choice. There are question marks about Pedro Neto's injury record, which is worth bringing up, and that, I think, certainly does help to balance the conversation somewhat. Uh, however, uh, he, Nico Williams has also suffered with a number of repetitive uh, muscular problems. He's had hamstring injuries, adductor issues, uh, heel problems. Uh, he's had an inner ligament uh, injury, which cost him a game uh, for, for Athletic Club back. But he's, it's kind of little injury issues that have cost him one or two games maximum here and there across the course of his very young career so far. So there's injuries related with both players, more seriously, certainly with uh, with Neto. But I think he'd be a very good option for Arsenal to look to try and sign in the summer if they are moving for a wide player, which I think is a position that they do need to strengthen in. But the headline main footballing story coming out yesterday is this talk of the Im implementation of blue cards. Uh, now, this story was initially reported, I believe, by The Telegraph, suggested that there are suggestions that um, IFAB, uh, which is the International Football Association Board, uh, has been looking at trialling what they're describing as sin bins, which will be represented by blue cards. Uh, the punishment is said to come into effect if a player was to commit a cynical foul or a show of dissent towards officials. So if you think about that game where uh, Gabriel Martinelli was double booked by Michael Oliver because uh, he committed a cynical foul, I suppose that would be more inclined to receive a blue card now than a, than a red card in that case for two yellows. However, FIFA has since responded to this and has said FIFA wishes to clarify that reports of the so-called blue card at elite levels of football are incorrect and premature. Any such implemented should be limited to testing in a responsible manner at lower levels, a position that FIFA intends to reiterate when this agenda item is discussed at the IFAB AGM on the 1st of March. So it's not necessarily confirmed that these types of trials will be seen at the top level. There has been suggestions and reports that the FA um, have implemented or rather have shown their keenness, if you like, to have this system. Now, where I stand on this, I think blue cards in football as a rule could work. And I don't think that there is an argument to suggest that Blue cards, if applied correctly, would not be necessarily a terrible thing. I think that there are some red card decisions that are not worthy of a red card in the current state of the rules. And I think there are some decisions and some instances in the sport which require more than a yellow card as well. However, 
The other side of the coin for me is that blue cards should categorically be absolutely nowhere near this sport because of the incompetence, the inconsistency and the poor quality of the people that ultimately currently implement and enforce the rules of the game. We can't get the yellow and red card system right at the moment. So how on earth can we expect blue cards and the implementation of further rules and further restrictions and further scrutiny be expected to be delivered in the proper way? We can't expect that because the officiating at the level that we expect it to be, which is at the highest level of this sport, is not good enough. Is not good enough. The consistency has got so poor that we have to have TV channels explaining their rules. We have to have appeal systems that feel like they go through the ringer every single week at this point, at least every single month. Clubs are getting cards and decisions rescinded. Bans are being taken away. Bans are being implemented later. It's just absolutely mind-boggling at this stage to ever consider adding further powers to referees when the powers at B and the powers they currently have are not implemented in the correct way to a consistent and high enough standard that we can actually think about making it even more convoluted and more complicated for these referees to make the decisions. It is such a bad idea to focus on adding further rules rather than more accountability and scrutiny to referees first. I absolutely agree that the abuse that officials receive is well beyond what is acceptable. It's not even well beyond what's acceptable. It's, it's just a bottom line. It's not acceptable. And the referee, I mean, we saw, I think it was a game in the lower leagues of English football where a fan ran onto the field and chased a referee off the pitch. That's the state in which we're getting to. And that's the state in which players, sadly, you know, there's been abuse towards officials from players. There's been abuse towards referees from managers. There's been loads of abuse for years to referees from uh, fans. And I'm on the record and happy to be on the record as saying that this is wrong categorically, that the abuse is wrong and that we need to do everything we can to try and curb and diminish and dissuade those that would engage in these abusive actions towards officials need to stop because without referees where is the sport going to be we need referees for this sport we need young referees to come through and want to take up the mantle of this job which is not easy it's a really really difficult job to do but at the top level the quality and the consistency and the competency is not good enough at the moment So for me, all the investment and all the talk and all the suggestions and the research that's going into trying to make the game better by apparently adding a new rule into the midst instead should be channeled specifically into improving the standard of the current state of the officiating of the sport before we get into thinking about adding things. I do think that there is a place for blue cards or orange cards or for something in between the red and the yellow to exist in the sport and to be implemented correctly and efficiently and successfully, I just don't think the sport is anywhere near this stage at the moment. I just don't think it is anywhere near being good enough and officiated well enough to implement another card into the system. So that's where my head's at. As you can tell, I'm quite passionate about this this topic because I'm just so sick and tired of the officiating being so poor. But I do think that there is some... Uh, credit and I think there is some weight to there being a good argument to implement blue cards into football but I just don't think that we have got the quality of officiating at the moment to be able to do so um, at this level and so I don't think it needs to come anywhere near this sport whatsoever 
And that's my rant. <laughs> that's my monologue about blue cards. And I've kind of got everything I need to get off my chest. Right, let's move to part two and your questions, shall we? Right after this. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, uh, there we go. Lovely stuff. Uh, we move swiftly into the second part of today's show to tackle your questions, to tackle your thoughts and your theories. I'm probably going to get a lot of questions about the yellow, blue, red card systems. Um, So get involved with those. Anything on the transfer topics we discussed, anything else that you'd like an answer to, if I'm able to give it, I will certainly try to. Um, We'll get some of your reaction, I guess, to to, uh, some of this blue card stuff. Chris says, was there any official outcome about the Turkish owner who attacked... The referee. Um, I don't know, actually. That's a really good question. Um, that was on the 12th of December. It was Halil Umut Meler has left Turkish football in a full-bone crisis, was the uh, headline on the or the uh, the first line of the BBC report. Let's see um, if there's any other news. All reports are from a month ago at the moment. So it doesn't look like there will be anything... Is the last word on this that I can really see is a month ago report from Sky saying the Turkish referee Halil Umut Meler says he will not forgive uh, MKE Ankaraguchu president Farouk Kocha uh, who punched him to the ground. So that's the last report that I've seen. Um, and let's see if there's anything else in the last week on this. Uh, oh, 22 hours ago, a Bleacher report. Turkish club, this is according to Bleacher Report, so I'm reading off their website. It says, Turkish club uh, Aran Kaguchu president Farouk Kocha was arrested Tuesday after punching referee Halil Umut Meler in the face after his team's match against Rice Bro Monday, according to TMZ Sports. Uh, per Reuters, uh, ESPN, after the final whistle was blown and a 1-1 draw following Rice Bro's equaliser, Kocha was seen punching Meler in the face. Um, so there is a report from less than 24 hours ago uh, on TMZ, which, you know, I don't know how real, reliable this is, um, but there's suggestions and reports going out that he's apparently been arrested. So uh, take that, I guess, I don't know why they would make it up. It's a pretty damning thing if indeed it is made up. But uh, yeah, there is a report less than a day ago saying that he's been arrested. So they, I guess there has been some fallout from that so there you go thank you for asking that question because i actually was curious as to what was going to go on um tjr says very simple question tom why would it be blue and not orange which is in between yellow and red it's a great question to be honest my only my only 
answer for that is that you can clearly define the difference between a blue card and the red and the yellows. Is there any suggestion that the orange may be too close to red or too close to yellow that maybe you wouldn't be able to differentiate? I don't know. Is there a color blindness thing related to it? I don't know. I'm being serious. I, I don't know. Um, maybe there's a reason as to why they have to have the differentiation of the clear color difference in those cards. But uh, yeah, it's uh, blue's quite... Um, like you think about the color of red to yellow, that spectrum, red, orange, yellow, it's meant to be quite a warning level of like, you think about warning signs, they always come in red, yellow, whereas blue, especially when I think about blue in like driving senses here in the UK, at least blues are usually kind of like instructions, like one way systems and things like that. So yeah, it's uh, interesting. Uh, interesting. Um, let's go to uh, Roy says, Tom, could you imagine how players would not be in the sin bin if Mike Dean was still refereeing? Oh, and they're still anti-Tainer as well. So uh, we'll see that outcome after all, says Roy. I actually saw Mike Dean the other day. Uh, he was in the Arsenal press lounge, uh, of course, with it being the Sky Liverpool, uh, the Arsenal Liverpool game being broadcast on Sky. You've got the referees uh, like Mike Dean, who does the Sky um, referee punditry and it's so it's so like surreal at times just seeing him in that environment um there's been so much criticism of mike dean and his refereeing and some of his words after refereeing as well and it's just yeah just like walking by having his uh pre-match meal it's it's bizarre it's still bizarre to me um benji says who do you think is the first player and manager to get a blue card i don't know but it's a good question about the managers by the way i don't know if the blue cards are also for managers I really don't know. Uh, I don't know if they're uh, if they are for managers at all. So uh, yeah, I can't say that. Um, I can't say that that we know if managers will also face blue cards or if it's just for players. I think that um, the first player to get one will be an Arsenal player. Obviously, it's just the way forward. And then the picture of the blue card being used will always be with an Arsenal player, as we see it with yellows and red cards. I remember there was a story recently about um, discipline in the Premier League, and uh, they used a picture of one of the Arsenal players being given a yellow card. Arsenal have received the least number of yellow cards this season compared to any other team. They have 38. Manchester City have 39. The rest of the clubs have even more. And yet they still use Arsenal and the pictures of Arsenal relating to yellow cards whenever there's a story in general about officiating. It's always a picture of an Arsenal player getting a yellow, even though we're one of the more disciplined teams in the league. It's kind of ridiculous. But it's because there is such a, uh, a reputation around Arsenal. It's such kind of a feel around Arsenal that you put a picture up with Arsenal getting booked, even in a story that's not related specifically to Arsenal, it's going to get you those clicks. It's going to get you that attention. So, yeah, Arsenal are often used as kind of a, a engagement tactic always. Um, Burris is, as I understand it, the blue card is not in between the yellow and red cards. It's identical to a yellow card, except that for that is only given for unsportsmanlike behaviour. I suppose so. Uh, it is said that a blue and a yellow equals a red, a blue and a blue equals a red, and so or a blue and a yellow then in that order equals a red as well. So it's basically another form of the yellow card, but it's with a harsher punishment of a 10-minute sin bin that is given for specific unsportsmanlike or kind of dissent-type behaviour show professional fouls and uh by the way i think 10 minutes is an incredible long time for a professional foul but maybe that is worth it um also what i don't like about it is that it's adding more subjective view to the game so like what what does what counts as dissent 
saying F off to a referee. Yeah, without a doubt. Throwing your arm up in the air in frustration. Is that enough to count as a 10-minute sin bin? I don't think so. But you know when you see players go like that, where they like throw their arm around after a decision's made? I don't think that's the right way forward. I've realised I've not plugged in my... No, no. Don't die on me, laptop, please. Just the missus plugging in her... Uh... The missus plugs in an electric toothbrush and then takes out my charger. Thankfully, I, I caught it just before we died. Oh, and by the way, apologies that there was like 10 minutes of like just a black screen at the end of yesterday's show. I clicked end broadcast and it just said this error. We can't end the broadcast. And I was like, okay, great. I'll just have a black screen for 10 minutes. Thankfully, if you were listening on audio platforms, you didn't get any of that because I edited it out. But I couldn't edit that much out onto the end of the the YouTube one. So sorry that that's there at the end of yesterday's show. It was very frustrating. I was just sitting there like the show's not going to finish. It's just going to go on forever. I'm going to have to do like a live radio show all day. That's the only way it's going to work. But thankfully, eventually it did end automatically. Um, Olu says, hey, Tom, uh, my realistic summer transfers is Williams and Zubamendi for £100 million. Tony for 50 50 million. I thought you said realistic, Olu. Uh, Diamande for 45. I'm sure Nozimen and Neto injury records at the moment. Yeah, 50 million for Tony, I don't think is realistic, sadly, Olu. Neither would he be my pick uh, of strikers. It's not good enough for me. Um, Process says, Tom, do you see yourself hosting a live show outside of the UK in the future? Um, well, I've done some appearances on Sirius XFM, who are obviously a, a North American based. Uh, radio station radio is something i love I, I love listening to radio i listen to radio every single day i love the idea of phone-in shows as well um as why i've done them and sorry there wasn't a phone-in show yesterday I had an incredible headache yesterday evening so i just couldn't and then i had an earache as well which if you've ever suffered from them they're horrible i get them really bad because i wear earphones and earbuds all the time so uh, sadly i get them quite a lot but um yeah it's it's something that I definitely would love to do. Um, write, I love writing, of course, but kind of speaking and talking is uh, my main. So, yeah, definitely that's that's something that maybe in the future will be a possibility. Uh, Black Magic, uh, which, by the way, if you don't know, is a fantastic song by Graphics, uh, drum and bass plug there, uh, which if you've played Forza Horizon, you'll know the song uh, on the hospital radio station. Uh, but Black Magic says, do you agree that if introduced, blue card should only be used before issuing a yellow card and not subsequently to a yellow card no uh not really i mean i i mean interestingly if you're going to give a blue card after a yellow card that's going to get you sent off anyway so you, you could argue that it's going to be a yellow card and a yellow card anyway but a dissent or professional fouls when you're already on a yellow are going to get you a second yellow anyway so i guess it's just up to discrepancy it doesn't really matter what color the card is you're going to get sent off anyway i guess aren't you uh billy says uh havertz will be the first one to get a blue card for a cynical foul i think the blue card is silly but we'll get used to it just like the spray and the var by the way any word on lakonga's future nothing yet billy the club you know, I haven't made a decision on him. He's doing really, really uh, well at Luton, and Luton are really keen on on keeping him. I know Rob Edwards is a fan, is a really big fan of of Laconga, so there's certainly scope for uh, for him to maybe have a future. I did tweet a couple of weeks ago saying I don't think his story at Arsenal is done, and I stand by that for now. I guess we will wait and see. Uh, Reggie says, Tom, the problem is that PGMOL haven't defined fouls and such precisely enough to allow for those nuances between decisions. You're absolutely right. Uh, Calvin says, Hi, Tom, I agree with the sin bins. However, just use yellow card offences to send players to the sin bin. No need to complicate things with an extra card. I guess that referees could also say it's a yellow card and then a signal to point towards a sin bin. That could be something that's 
that works, I guess. Um, Paul says Tony isn't worth more than 50 million, anything above that. Uh, and he should not be considered, especially at his age. I do tend to agree. If you can get him for 50 million or less, then there's more. I'm more amicable towards that deal, but nowhere, anywhere near more than that. Uh, JKO says, Tom, don't control our emotions has been used in terms of celebrations that people deem too much. Can it be used as an argument for people that get so angry that they wrongly abuse referees? No, it can't. Um, because celebrations and positive emotion being not being able to be controlled is different. There are lines that you don't cross. There are lines that, if are crossed, should face punishment. At no point do we go, I got too emotional, so I committed a crime. No, it's just not. And abuse, by the way, is. Racial abuse is a crime. Homophobic abuse is a crime. And we can't use excuses of getting too emotional or too passionate as any kind of defense. So no, JKO, you cannot use that as a defense to say that we wrongly abuse referees, but it's because we were too passionate or too emotional or too angry. Because then where do you draw the line? Where do you draw the line? And eventually, just if you open the doors for this, if you widen the scope for what's allowed to be um, directed towards referees, then people start taking liberties and no it's it's not uh, it's not right um let's go to fraction of offside podcast says what happens if a keeper receives a blue card uh, maybe a ramsdale minute maybe there would be temporary substitutions or maybe you'd, you'd have to put one of the play outfield players in goal for 10 minutes i mean that would be quite crazy wouldn't it that would be absolutely mad uh, Geary1999 says, yes, Tom, what a win against Liverpool. Arteta is the man. Love the content as always. Best Arsenal content creator. Thanks, mate. That's very kind of you indeed. Uh, Fuad says, we need to see you do some co-commentary with Harry on TalkSport. Let's get it done. Oh, I'll tell you what, me and Harry doing some co-coms together. That would be interesting. Obviously, he does BBC Radio London commentary um, rather than TalkSport. I know he does the TalkSport um, punditry and stuff, but um, yes. Uh, and he's, he's, he's got one of his own shows, I think, now on TalkSport. It's just, what a journey that boy has had. Fantastic work. Love Harry. Fantastic guy and deserves everything that he gets. Uh, James says, only toddlers have the excuse of not being able to control their emotions. <laughs> Absolutely. When you're an adult, you're an adult. You got, you're responsible for your actions. It's as simple as that. And JKO says, I don't agree with the abuse, by the way. I just thought about it for an extended period of time, about how some people end up doing something so absurd, like running onto the pitch. And then they should face the consequences for those actions. Simple as that. You know, as, as pointed out in the previous comment, if you're if you're a child, if you're a toddler, if you're not fully, if your brain is not fully formed, I can have some level of sympathy, to a degree, not always. Um, sadly, it goes even so far in in those young age brackets sometimes. But when you're an adult, there's no excuse at all. Um, no excuse for abuse whatsoever. Um, so there you go. Uh, Tizer says, surely before you introduce new cards and rules, you should make sure that the current stat is at its highest and the current rules are being implemented correctly. They can't even de define the handball correctly yet. You're absolutely right, which is what obviously I was talking about in part one. Uh, if you haven't, by the way, already, I'm going to carry on for a little bit longer. Um, I didn't plug it at the start of part two. So if you haven't already dropped a like on the video, please make sure you do. We are doing our 1K every day. Let's get that hashtag into the chat box, please. 1K every day um, is, of course, what we're trying to achieve uh, on our videos. So please do hashtag 1K every day into the chat and make sure you drop a like on the video before you go anywhere. Uh, Phillips says, Tom, future challenge of making an all-time starting 11 using 11 
different nations. Do they have to be Arsenal players? Um, if, I suppose if it's just Arsenal, it's, it's easier. If you do it all players, it becomes much harder to do. Maybe, Philip, that's something that we'll tackle in the future. Um, Raybeam says, Tom, I'm the father of two toddlers. Seriously, you have no control. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why they've got the excuse. Um, that They haven't learned, like, and I'm, some adults sadly still act like toddlers, um, especially on YouTube. But uh, when it comes down to the actions of those when you're an adult, you have to face the consequences. Um, Chris says the blue cards are another diversion away from the standard of refereeing. Darren says, I can see the referees just waiting to ping Arteta with a blue card. Absolutely. Um, so there you go. Uh, James says, are the constant additions to the laws of our game to improve the rules to trying to fix the inability to implement them properly? We didn't need uh, the foam when the referees was punishing Wolves and they moved. I think the foam was actually quite um, effective, to be honest. I, I think that's been a really good implementation. I think there are good implementations that don't require necessarily the standard of refereeing to be ridiculous. A free kick happens. You put the foam around the ball, you count 10 yards, and you put the foam for a free kick wall. It's not exactly like it needs ridiculously high levels of refereeing to get that correct. You need to be able to walk 10 paces, which I'm, to be honest, a referee should have as a minimum requirement to be able to walk and judge what 10 paces is. So, yeah, I don't think it's the same, James, uh, at all. Uh, Steve says, did you see RVP's comments that Arsenal didn't offer him a new contract to stay? I have the suggestions. He said, if anyone can give him the evidence that Arsenal did offer him a new contract, he'd give them a million pounds. You know, I, I don't know what, he has no reason to lie about it. Um, but it's 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 odd, isn't it? I, it's, we're, we're way past that now. It's not something I really want to get too deep about, but it's way past um, that at the moment. Um, so we don't really know. We'll never know, I guess, what the real truth is because we weren't there. But it's not something that Arsene Wenger's ever discussed at all. So and they offered Man United offered twenty or four million quid, and they let it go. I think obviously there was conversation that went on, like Van Persie wanted assurances about. Um, the signings that Arsenal would make and the money that they would make and uh, that they would spend. And he didn't get that, clearly. I think he's made that pretty clear. But And I guess that's why they decided not to offer a contract. And when the offer came in, they accepted it. So, yeah, it's um, he moved to Manchester United. He chose to do that. You know, if he wanted to leave without that um, that label of being a snake, if you like, then stay for your full season and then join Manchester United when your contract finishes. You could have done that. But you didn't. You left for Man United. That's why he and Alexis Sanchez will never be considered Arsenal legends for their contributions to the club. Same as Cesc Fabregas. You know, I like Cesc Fabregas. I don't begrudge him of that move to Chelsea at all. But he can't. He, it's difficult to go down as a Chelsea legend. Sorry, as an Arsenal legend, um, having played for and won a league with Chelsea. It's, it's hard to do that. Um, Alvin Mod says, uh, what difference does it make if there was no offer to Van Persie? If it was clear about his intentions, then why bother? It means nothing. Absolutely. I agree. Uh, Russ says, Tony's entering the last year of his contract. His value will begin to fall. Sure. But I mean, there's going to be lots of interest and Brentford are going to try and demand the absolute maximum amount of money for him. So it doesn't mean that he's still going to be going below 50 million quid to try and sign him. And neither would I still think he's good enough to be bought by. I don't think he is good enough. And I think his age profile is the wrong profile for Arsenal. Um, I think we can get and do better in the market than than Ivan Tony. I wasn't impressed with him against Manchester City, and I haven't really been impressed with him necessarily enough since he's returned to action from his ban. I know it's going to take a little bit of time for him to get up to speed, 
but as someone that's a self-proclaimed fittest footballer in the Premier League, supposedly, for the, the training regime that he was on, I've not yet seen enough to suggest that he is going to be coming back and changing things. If it does, I hold my hands up, without a doubt. We always react to the evidence, but uh, so far, not enough uh, to convince me. Um, Carl says, Tom, any news why Carl Hine isn't in the Champions League squad? Isn't he in the B squad, Carl? I think he's in the B squad, so he doesn't need to be in the uh, the A squad because of his age. Uh, Chris says, hi, Tom. Do you know what kind of profile of winger Nico Williams is? Is he pacey or more technical? He's got both, Chris. He's a good dribbler. He's fast. Uh, he's a right footer that plays more on the left, but of course can play on the right. Um, can play, take players on, can score goals. He's creative as well. Um, but he's still young. He's still got raw edges, you know. So there's still plenty more to come from uh, from Nico Williams at Arsenal. Um, Ajmal says, what's your preferred back four in the Champions League when everyone's fit? Depends on the opponent. If it's the Champions League final, I think I'd be minded to play White, Saliba, Gabriel, Tommy Asu, to be honest. Um, but Zinchenko's definitely got a place. But if Timber is every, if Timber's obviously fit, there is an argument that Timber comes into that left-back role as well. I see Mike's in the chat. You know what Mike loves to do? Mike loves to throw questions in the chat boxes that he can just text me. <laughs> like he has my number and he's sitting there going, are you going to be crashing at mine after the game on Sunday night? Mike's actually traveling over again. He's in the, so, you know, lock up your, your wives. Mike's over. Um, on Sunday. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but uh, I'm not even going to reply, you know, now. You could just text me, Mike, but instead you're trying to hijack my chat box. So uh, instead, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ignore you. Might just go home now after the West Ham game. I'm not sure I need to need to to do anything after the uh, the West Ham game. I'm working, mate. It's, it's, I'm working, so I'm gonna be working till about six anyway. Six, yeah, to about six six o'clock. Um, Temi says, "Who is Arteta's worst signing in your opinion?" Um. um uh, Nuno Tavares, I think maybe, maybe Nuno Tavares. <laughs> TJR says block him. <laughs> um, Willian, he was free. I know he cost a lot of money in wages, um, and he did obviously contribute in some games. Obviously, that first game of the season against Fulham, he scored a pretty decent game. Willian's, Willian's up there. I think it's got to be between Willian and. And Tavares, Runison, not really, because Runison's never really played. Like Tavares and Willian actually played a fair number of games. Um, so, yeah, Marie again. I don't think Marie goes down as one of the worst signings either, because he cost like five million quid, and actually he did have some good performances. And then we sold him for a profit. So, um, I mean, it was a profit in terms of the money we paid for him, not probably the overall investment. It's between Willian and Tavares. It's not Cedric either. Cedric was free. Um, Tavares cost us money. Willian cost a lot of money in wages. It's between those two, Tavares and Willian. If Willian makes a profit, then it's it's uh, Willian. If Tavares makes a loss, I think it's probably Tavares. Um, but it's between those two. Um, I think it's pretty easy. Uh, I saw, um, I think it was Alex from the different knock did a uh, tier list of Arteta's signings. Some of them were quite harsh, I thought, actually. Uh, saying Ramsdale needs time. I don't think the Ramsdale... I think Ramsdale was a decent signing at, at minimum, and he's probably going to make us a profit. 
Raya is certainly still, I think that's fair, needs time, that's fine. But Ramsdale, I think, was a decent signing. Had two good seasons for Arsenal and now will probably make us a profit. So I don't think we can say Ramsdale is anything other than a decent signing. And overall, I think he got most of them spot on. Uh, Bakary Lasagna says, in your opinion, who was the worst player to wear an Arsenal shirt and why is it Andre Santos? Whoa! Lesser than... No, Andre Santos scored a huge goal for Arsenal at Stamford Bridge in a massive, massive win. My first visit to the Emirates Stadium was that day. I had a stadium tour with my dad and then went to watch the uh, Chelsea-Arsenal game in a pub in the... Um, oh, what's it called? It's the one opposite the 12 pins. Michael will give me the answer. Um, the pub opposite the 12 pins, its name has now just completely escaped me because I've not, I don't think I've been in there since that day, actually. Um, but um, Andre Santos scoring at Chelsea, so sorry, it can't be, it can't be that the worst player to ever wear an Arsenal shirt is it's pff, William Gallas is probably up there, yeah, you're right, TJ. William Gallas is definitely, definitely up there, 100%. It's got Blackstock, thank you, Morgie. There we go. Um, it's got to be, it's got to be William Gallas, without a doubt, it's got to be William Gallas. Uh, Mustafi, it can't be Mustafi. Mustafi scored in a North London derby, is he not? I'm sure Mustafi scored against Spurs. Goal versus Spurs. Um, yeah, he headed in a free kick past Spurs keeper Hugo Lloris in 2017. So it can't be Mustafi. It's it's got to be William Gallas. It has to be William Gallas. I don't think there can be an argument for anybody else, to be honest. So yeah, 100% William Gallas. Right, we'll end the show there. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. Please make sure you drop a like on the video before you go anywhere. It is very much appreciated. And uh, apologies for the slight. I can see there might be a few fuzzy internet connections towards the end of today's show. Apologies for that. Um, but yes, please do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. Have a fantastic Friday. I will see you uh, probably tomorrow morning. I don't know if we're going to be able to squeeze in a preview show today or it might be tomorrow, um, but I'll endeavour to try and bring you that before the West Ham game. Um, have a fantastic day. Stay safe, stay well, stay respectful and happy. And as always, up the Arsenal. And thank you for helping us reach 400 Arsenal News episodes. You are all very much appreciated. Up the Arsenal, guys. It's the 90-plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18-plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even on a budget... Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.